0: Tuesday, December twenty second. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hell Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Funds, Bill Barker. Happy Tuesday. Thank you. Is this your last day in the office this week?
1: Because uh, I,
0: I don't know if you noticed when you were walking through the fourth floor, it's starting to get a little empty around here. It is.
1: Yeah. Well, I I am uh, going to be working tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to do it from home or from here.
0: Where do you think you'll be more productive? Don't worry, your wife and kids don't listen to this podcast, so you can.
1: They you can. do occasionally. Do they really? Yeah.
0: Oh well, then let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's start. They
1: didn't used to, but the kids found out. Like the kids found out about it somehow, like through somebody else. It's that popular through they, somebody
0: else, not through you. It wasn't one of those. Kids, get, come close, gather around the the podcast machine. Listen, listen, listen to, to your dad. dad. <laughs> oh no, no, it was not no, one of those. No, It
1: wasn't one of those. Let's start because I like the freedom of being able to say things without,
0: you know, it getting back to anything. Right, and that's gone now. That's one of those things that when you become a parent, nobody really tells you about the, the fact that hey, at some point, this kid is going to use your words against you. They're Mm -hmm. going to quote something back to you, and then you're going to be in a corner. Uh, What about you? Do your
1: your kids listen to these? No, 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 ever. No. No, are they aware you do this?
0: They're aware. They're aware <laughs> that this is my job, but it's just like, oh yeah, he goes in the studio and talks. And about talks. talks and, yeah, and it's I mean, not even it's, remotely interesting to me. Yeah, um, or
1: to any of the listeners uh, today, for instance. Right,
0: it's not very interesting. Yeah, either. no, no. I get think, to the point. You know what? I think longtime listeners know what to expect when you're in the studio. Let's start with Chipotle quality analysis. Uh, well, bring it because once again shares of Chipotle falling because, once again, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have announced the investigation of another outbreak of E. coli. This is not to be confused with the one that was in the Pacific Northwest. This is one that happened late October to mid-November in Kansas, Oklahoma, and North Dakota. And The fact that we are talking about an outbreak that happened over a month ago seems not to matter one bit to wall street as shares of chipotle fall to their lowest point in a year and a half
1: yeah it's been a very very tough couple of months and i think that the messaging of this isn't new so chipotle had said we've got this under control last week or the week before and the Incidents that we're talking about right now precedes that declaration, uh, but the news is coming out after the declaration, which it will be too subtle a point uh, for many people to uh, pick up on. And and so there's uh, you know the pressure is on Chipotle to demonstrate a couple of months of nobody getting sick uh, before a lot of people come back. If they do, some you know some are gone forever. I'm sure as as with anything, but uh, there's still the opportunity to improve their messaging here. And and get a
0: a bit more control over the the story than than has been achieved so far. Let's put a pin in the messaging for one second and let's see if we can look into our crystal ball and imagine how this might play out. Because as a shareholder, I look at this and I think, okay, the next quarter is going to feature some pretty bad numbers. And it's really just a question of how bad are they? And then the narrative becomes well, is this a one quarter blip? because if they do if in fact their restaurants are clean and they say they are if they never have another incident they're still going to put up some bad numbers in early 2016 possibly two or three quarters worth and right th- and then I don't I don't know where they go from there
1: well okay so the next quarter is going to be very poor they've already sort of pre-announced that that uh, that information and and the guidance to come down, and what they could hope for, that would be the only positive spin that I can imagine. The next uh, conference call when they go through the quarterly numbers is to say, "Yes, people. No matter how bad the numbers are, it's not particularly important. If yes, people started coming back after such and such a point, and and we now see an improvement. If." if they're not able to deliver that, uh, and, and they say that last month of the quarter was just as bad as, as you know the height, uh, or, or worse, because they've had this sort of accumulated uh, set of stories, then I'm, I think they'll be bringing guidance down further for the rest of the year, and as a shareholder, you will suffer.
0: I don't know about you, but when I talk to people around the office, I'm hearing a fair number of anecdotes that go along these lines. When I drive home from work, I drive by a Chipotle, and it doesn't matter what time of day or night it is, it's always jammed. And over the last couple of weeks, when I drive by it, I can count on one hand the number of people who are inside the Chipotle.
1: Yeah, I think Chipotle
0: needs to start getting like the guy with the, the
1: spinny arrow out on the street, you <laughs> know, to, waving you in.
0: You think that's going to do it for them?
1: I, t- I think they need something.
0: Well, they got
1: some empty seats these days.
0: Let's go back to the messaging, because we were talking about this earlier, and I, for as good as they are at a number of different things, including creating this business and growing this business, the co-CEos Steve Ells and Monty Moran are not great at communicating this issue on television. I think Monty Moran is better than Steve Ells, but they are hindered by the fact that for some reason they are incapable of pinpointing the source of this E. coli, and I don't. I don't want to say if they were able to do that, then every everyone would be reassured, but certainly their inability to say we know exactly where this started. We know which supplier it came from. We have cut them off; they're dead to us. We're never doing business with them again. The fact that they can't do that really seems to be a problem. In addition to the fact that neither of them is great on TV.
1: Well, yeah, they they have uh, processes which have worked up up to this point in time, as they have pointed out, but not without but not with great clarity. This is a, a potential side effect of using fresher ingredients: is that you're dealing with things which can. Uh, can bring E. coli into the restaurant. Now they've improved their uh, processes and and changed some things, and the food, frankly, is is going to be a little less fresh. Uh, but you will have Good. the upside of uh, less E. coli, and and this isn't something that they've had to deal with time and time again in the history of the company. So it's it's kind of ambushed them, but they weren't prepared for it, and that has been made even more evident by the their inability to try to keep the story in, in a forum where people trust that
0: they can go in and, and not get sick. If this happens to them one more time, then I think it's time to call in Oprah Winfrey.
1: That's the celebrity spokesperson
0: that you're going Yes. With. Look what she did for Weight Watchers International uh, and think, their stock.
1: I think you have to look further. As good as she would be, and if she offers her services to them, I think they should take them. Uh, take the, the absolutely services. they should, but the, as you point out, with Weight Watchers, Chipotle not not necessarily in the same um, bucket. I'm not. I'm not sure there may be a little bit of a non compete. You know,
0: for her, you're on, saying Oprah's relationship with Weight Watchers hinders her ability to also offer her spokesperson and her her halo effect to and her, a, a her restaurant. credibility.
1: I I think what they need is a, perhaps some famous TV doctor. You know, could come on and do it or try this one out James Earl Jones
0: James Earl Jones
1: yeah credible looks like he's had a burrito or two as right. as the rest of us have right uh, i'm not saying anything other than you know looks like a, no, but, but, a, a, but, but a burrito one, eater like we all are
0: one of one of our colleagues earlier today suggested Taylor Swift and that was no, immediately no, no. shot down because T- Taylor Swift doesn't look like someone who spends any time at Chipotle.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, James Earl Jones is is the, the voice you can trust. Uh, you know, the voice of CNN at one time, and uh, I'm telling you, and, and also little known fact, Darth Vader.
0: The, well, the voice of Darth Vader. Yeah. yeah, How
1: Many people know that.
0: I think a lot of people <laughs> probably probably know that. We're wrapping up 2015. We also
1: talked about George Clooney as being a possibility.
0: Sure, TV doctor. Before a big movie star, yeah, he was on ER for a couple seasons. He can
1: move product, and uh, everybody loves Clooney. Again, maybe out of the price range of Chipotle, they may have to like issue a bunch of shares to get him. But but get somebody. Get somebody we know, know, love, and trust.
0: They're going to have to issue more shares pretty soon if the stock keeps (laughs) dropping. Uh, Yesterday we taped uh, the. 2016 preview edition of the Motley Full Money radio show that will be airing in about a week and a half. Uh, I'm curious, as an investor, a longtime investor, when you start to think about 2016, do you find yourself gravitating towards a particular industry, a particular company? Is there anything you're watching as we look to kick off a new year of investing? So, I, I think one
1: industry that I do watch as part of my job in, in helping to manage the mutual funds we have here uh, is the healthcare industry, which uh, the sector has been a phenomenal outperformer for, I think, five straight years now, and is, is again this year outperforming the S&P 500. Uh, there are some potential clouds on the horizon, uh, particularly the United Health. Uh, a story that they are questioning their participation in uh, the Obamacare uh, platforms, and I think that the sort of you know healthcare stocks were held back for about two years in part by some trepidation about what the Obamacare um, legislation was going to do for the healthcare companies, and it's it's been fine, it's been great, it's been additional. Uh, work and business and, and patients, and, and patients who are covered and, and are, whose bills are being paid. So, it's been good for the healthcare industry up to this point in time, but there are those questions. And additionally, a, a sector which outperforms for five years in a row should be looked at with a little bit of caution. Uh, so, I, I think that is for me personally, just the intersection of something that could happen specifically in 2016. You've got the presidential election as well, and that's going to um, that's going to be a featured part of the narrative uh, later on next year, uh, along with the valuations and and along with the the reality of what companies are, are beginning to experience in in this you know the Obamacare regime at the moment.
0: Two questions on that topic. One. How front and center do you think that issue is going to be? I know we don't really focus on politics here, but when politics and business intersect, it really does seem like, almost regardless of who the nominees are of either party, that healthcare will be a major issue in 2016.
1: Yes, as as it should be, right? I mean, what's more important? So, I think you can rely upon the Republican uh, nominee, whoever it is, to demagogue uh, on that issue and, and what the law is right now, and to try to put the Democratic uh, nominee, whoever that is, most likely Clinton, um, on the defensive about the association with both her work uh, in the past on it and Obamacare's, you know, what, what will be painted as problems with Obamacare. Uh, so I think it'll be a, a very big issue. I think a more interesting sector for the year is going to be energy, but I just it's not one that I particularly focus on in
0: my work. Why do you, you think that? Just because of the price of I'll oil look at, yeah, I, doing I, what it's done?
1: I, I think somebody is going to make a lot of money investing at the bottom. Right, We're going to hit a bottom. We haven't hit it yet. Companies are in a lot of trouble. The E&P companies, uh, the ones that have any debt, are going to have a lot of trouble servicing it if the debt is coming due soon, and unless the price of oil... Dramatically rebounds, you're going to find something—a combination of bankruptcies and bargains. So, I think it'll be a, you know, a place where a lot of money is both made and lost. This year, it was just lost, unless you were short.
0: Were you at all surprised that we didn't see more of that this year, though? Because there were certainly 12 months ago, plenty of predictions about how we're going to see a lot of smaller players. In the energy space, who've got debt on the balance sheet, they're going to get snapped up, or they're going to go out of business. And the bigger players who have stable balance sheets are going to be doing the snapping.
1: Well, they've they've come pretty close to going out of business. Some of the smaller ones, uh, you know, you've got a lot of a lot of companies that have lost two thirds of their value this year, and and more than that, if you back up to about a year and a half ago. So they haven't. There aren't that many bankruptcies yet, uh, but they're going to be on the way, I think. And and there will be some acquisitions, and there will be some people who are very good at uh, uh, grabbing very, very low-priced and in-danger operations and, and turning some of them around. And if the price of oil comes back at the right time, that'll help them. But I, I think we're going to see a lot more stress
0: in specific companies this, uh, in 2016. A couple of notes before we wrap up. Uh, first, thank you to a couple of special guests who are visiting Fool Global headquarters today: Michael Fox and Rob McGregor, visiting from the Netherlands. Quite a haul, but you know, thanks for making the trip, guys. Yeah, hanging out with our man Dan Boyd behind the glass. Uh, secondly, marketfoolery at fool is our email address. From Steve Brodore, who writes, thanks for your continued quality podcasts. I especially enjoy the stocks on the radar during Motley Fool Money. Uh, I have a question about the Christmas closing song from Monday, the a cappella version of You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Who was the group? Was it the Harvard Crocodillos? Keep up the good work. Merry Christmas, Steve. Uh, No, that was an a cappella group called Straight No Chaser. Um, Although, uh, Bill, you're a big fan of the Harvard a cappella group, aren't you?
1: Uh, never heard that. Actually, never
0: heard <laughs> doesn't, that. Doesn't doesn't Yale have a very famous acapella? Uh, I, I would say that Yale's
1: acapella group is is many times more famous than Harvard's, and I, I say that mostly just because I've heard of the Yale one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I think that's probably true. It's the poofs, right? Yes. Yes. Although crocodillos, that's a that's a, a fine. It's name. a fine
1: name, and I'm sure they're all fine singers, and they're just not as well known. As just the not Puffs. as well known.
0: Just slightly sub standard. Not to, to the uh,
1: on Saturday Night Live as often as the Poofs are.
0: Are they on Saturday Night Live often? I
1: think, I think twice. I want to okay.
0: say. <laughs> okay, so, so twice during the run uh, during the 40 year run of a television show. Ish. I think, yeah. Yeah. That's. I think we're yeah. stretching the definition of the word "often."
1: As often. It's a comparative. It was perfectly (laughs) appropriately used, not as often. Two Uh, is greater than zero, as far as I know.
0: Uh, Yesterday, we were talking about last minute gifts for investors, book recommendations. You got anything you want to recommend for people out there? Because there's still time for people like me who haven't finished their shopping, there's still time to. Snap up a book or two.
1: Book recommendations, and you've you've already gone through a few.
0: We've gone through a few, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, and and so I wasn't allowed to name any. Yeah, notes. no.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's how this works, man. <laughs> you don't get to come into the studio and just do whatever you want.
1: All, all right, a couple more books. Uh, Bogle's book, uh, the, uh, I think the little book of common sense investing from the little book series. Um, I think maybe you already talked about one of those.
0: Uh, well, Gabby Lapera talked about a bunch on industry focus, and then Jason and I just picked up from there and mentioned a couple others.
1: Yeah, anything by Bogle uh, is is always worth the read, and I I'd also recommend Unconventional Success by uh, David Swensen. Speaking of Yale, so uh, is he a, He's he's uh, heads the uh,
0: uh, you know the endowment. The endowment there, yeah, CIO for the endowment. I'm guessing I don't know the exact amount in the Yale endowment, but I'm guessing it has a lot of zeros.
1: Hundreds of hundreds of dollars. <laughs> many, many hundreds. Many hundreds. Many, many, hundreds of dollars. Thanks for being here. Thank you.
0: As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Forward. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.
1: I'm a man of reason and they say tis the season to be jolly but it's folly when you folly for position
0: never in existence has there been such a resistance to ideas meant to free us if you could see us then you'd listen toiling through the ages making toys on garnished wages there's no union we're only through
1: I make toys, but I've got aspirations. Make make some noise, use your imagination. Girls and boys, before you wish for what you wish for, there's a list for who's been naughty or nice, but
0: consider the price to an elf. And servitude can reflect on one's attitude But that silly red hat just makes the fat man look outrageous
1: Observed though it may seem, you know I've heard There's even been illegal doping And though we're coping, I just hope it's
0: not contagious You're trying to start a movement And you think you see improvement Just don't seem so courageous I make toys But I've got aspirations Make, make some noise Use your imagination Girl, Girls and boys Before you wish for What you wish for There's a list for been naughty or nice but
1: consider the price to an elf you look at yourself you're an elf and the shelf is just filled with disappointing memories trends come and go and your friends want to know why you are just happy making crappy little gizmos every kid knows they'll just throw this stuff away So we drew up a petition We the undersigned Bill
0: undermine. Let's redefine employment We know that we've got leverage So we'll hand the fat man A beverage Let's sit back while we attack The utter lack of our enjoyment It may be tough, tough to swallow But our breaths are far from hollow He may thunder But if he blunders He may win the toys went. I, I make, make toys that I've got aspirations. Make, make some, some, some noise, use your imagination. Girl, girl, girls and boys before you wish for what you wish for. There's a list for who consider the price
1: naughty or nice but consider the price naughty or nice but consider the
0: price to an elf